Green Pastures are the weekly devotions published by Vineyard Boise, consisting of four parts, the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. Green Pastures for Friday, December 1st. A vocation of groaning. Today's scripture reading is found in Romans chapter 8, verses 22 through 26 from the message translation, which reads, All around us we observe a pregnant creation. The difficult times of pain throughout the world are simply birth pangs. But it's not only around us, it's within us. The Spirit of God is unsettling us within. We're also feeling the birth pangs. These sterile and barren bodies of ours are yearning for full deliverance. That is why waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged in the waiting. We, of course, don't see what is enlarging us. But the longer we wait, the larger we become, and the more joyful our expectancy. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's Spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs, our aching groans. This is God's Word. I know, I know, enough of grief and groaning or mourning and moaning. Get on with it. Get to the happy ending, the climax of joy, the denouement of celebration. Okay, wait for it, people. Bear with me one more day through the groaning. Just one more day. Yes, our focus this week is upon the good tidings of great joy for the poor and those who grieve. But what makes these tidings so good and the joy so great is fully inhabiting the place of grief. So it's more than cheap joy when that joy comes around. The harder the labor, the greater the joy when, finally, the child is born. And right now, the entire cosmos is going through hard labor. N.T. Wright's latest book, Into the Heart of Romans, is a deep dive into Romans 8, where he meticulously uncovers a vocation of entering into the groaning of all creation through the practice and embodiment of lament. He writes, The Spirit enables us to fulfill our vocation as intercessors at the heart of a groaning creation. We are not good at this. We would much rather celebrate our own salvation. The weakness here in Romans 8, 26 and 27 seems to be our failure to think sufficiently deeply into the real plight of the world, and hence our ignorance in knowing what to pray for. But at that point, he says, the Spirit comes alongside to help. This is the same word Martha uses in Luke 10, 40, when she wants Mary to come alongside her and help her with the work in the kitchen. Paul is molding the Greek language to say as best he can that the Spirit comes alongside our own spirit so that together they can do what's needed. The Spirit here works in us and with us on our behalf and then through us. So Paul now refers to the Spirit's activity with the same vivid female metaphor he used for the groaning of the world and the church. 
The world is in labor pains. The church is in labor pains. And the spirit is also going into labor. The groaning labor pains of the new creation. We are called to be people who stand at the place of pain. In the cancer ward, at the asylum seekers court hearing, by the graveyard full of memorials to small children, or to families whose homes have been bombed in war, so as to be those within whose own painful perplexity, the Holy Spirit will plead to the Father on behalf of the whole creation. Indwelt by God's Spirit, we are to be right there in the chaos, so that God's new creation may finally emerge, this time with humans as its spirit-enabled agents. End of quote. Humans as its spirit-enabled agents, like Ruth and Naomi and Boaz. That's the remarkable thing about the Ruth story. God doesn't enter the stage of the text as the main actor, or even as a key character bringing the plot forward. It's not the Lord did this and then moved this and then maneuvered that. As in the book of Esther, what we have front and center are the human agents of redemption and restoration. Spirit enabled, yes, but that spirit is always hovering quietly over and in the midst of all the chaos, imperceptibly at the time, in the moment. That's what Ruth is, a spirit-enabled agent of rest, relief, and redemption. Why? Because she fully entered into Naomi's pain and grief and despair, working out that transgressive chesed, that line-crossing covenantal faithfulness through which grief was brought back around to pleasant delight, and the groaning passed into the cooing of a baby named Obed in Naomi's arms. And guess what? That's what we are too. Spirit-enabled agents of rest, relief, and redemption. So as we pause for a moment of personal reflection and prayer, ponder, in what practical ways are you being summoned to midwife the pain of this present age by embracing a vocation of groaning alongside the rest of humanity? What is the place of great pain in which you can be present now as a spirit-enabled agent of rest, relief, and redemption. Lord, let me not move too swiftly from mourning the empty spaces of grief to the joyous prospect of the empty tomb. Let me learn how to linger well with grief, to let it be my companion in seasons of loss to exchange the name pleasant for bitter, at least for a season. And when time pivots again towards hope, let me know how to set aside my garb of mourning for a garment of praise, and yes, even then to become a spirit-enabled agent of rest, relief, and redemption for others. Through your mercies. <laughs>